0: Hi, Nina. Good to have you on the show.
1: Great to be here.
0: So uh, for everybody who doesn't know you, could you please tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Sure. My name is Nina Shapiro. I am a pediatric ear, nose and throat surgeon at UCLA in Los Angeles in California in the United States. And I've been practicing for a few decades and I have a specific interest in dispelling a lot of the health myths that we're hearing on a day to day basis. And Los Angeles seems to be the hub of a lot of those health myths. So they start here, then they get to the rest <laughs> of the world. So it's up to me to sort of help bash a lot of those myths. So even though I have a very specific field within surgery and within medicine, I um, became interested in writing and speaking about how people who are not in medicine can better understand what's going on on a day-to-day basis when they get health news. So I was writing a blog on my website. I was going on you know, writing for magazines and newspapers and going on television shows. And then finally, I decided to write a book called Hype that I have here.
0: <laughs> mm. and I could time. could you hold it again because yeah so people can see it oh, okay hype. cool yep uh, it's oh. called
1: hype a doctor's guide to medical myths exaggerated claims and bad advice how to tell what's real and what's not and in the book I sort of walk people through um, different aspects of their health whether it's exercise or supplements or diet or getting doctor's advice or reading things in the media, really how to understand and digest all of this information on a day to day basis. And that's really been my, even though the book came out about a a year and a half ago, continues to be my quest to really help people understand all of the new information that we're getting.
0: Got it. So um, could you please share with our listeners, um, what are the, um, how did you get involved in all of this? So uh, yeah, share the story please with us.
1: So yeah, so the story um, was a a very long process of hearing all of these things and hearing really good questions from families, because I take care of children, and hearing questions from the parents, questions from the children as well, um, and really recognizing that a lot of the questions people ask are really good, and a lot of the basis of their questions comes from some pretty crazy sources of information.
0: What so, kind of questions were they asking? Well, you
1: would ask questions about, you know, certain immune boosts, for instance, like mm-hmm. the, how can I boost my immune system? And mm-hmm. I remember I don't remember learning about that in medical school about boosting <laughs> an immune system except by chemo you know, chemotherapy will crash your immune system. But you know, so things like that there were just these new terms and there is some validity to a lot of it. Um, you know, what can you eat to, to make Mm -hmm. you, you know, fight colds and and all these things. And how can, you know, is there a cancer you know, busting diet questions like this that are real. And there is some truth to that, but, um, things are really getting out of control. Um, and then, you know, there were a couple of patients that I took care of. I took care of a little baby who almost died from choking on a cashew and it's really not safe for little babies to eat nuts. But the parents were so focused on giving him healthy food and, you know, something that had, you know, high protein and it wasn't an animal fat, but that, you know, the baby almost died. Mm. So there was a lot of disconnect in what people think is healthy versus what people are trying to do for their health. And and sometimes Mm. that could be quite dangerous.
0: Hmm. And and what was the specific reason why you are fascinated by the whole topic of b- b- busting myths out there?
1: I think that you know there's we are it's it's different now than it was 5 years ago, 10 years hmm. ago, certainly a few decades ago with our access to information. And even as doctors, we are Getting so much new information, you just everything. You know, what do you do? The first thing when you wake up, you you turn on your phone and you read your news feed or you read your emails or whatever social media feed that you're following, and there's always some new health information there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And- and a new a, hack, right? A new. <laughs> so, here's the
1: answer to your health.
0: And it's a matching pill. <laughs>
1: exactly. And we're all looking for that. We all want to live longer. We all want to live healthier. Um, we want the best for our families. You know, we want, you know, even like a shortcut, how we can get, mm-hmm. you know, in better shape. And <laughs> it's just overwhelming how much information it is. And there's, there's a lot of it has a little kernel of truth to it, but it's usually a pretty small kernel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that even though, you know, what I wrote a year and a half ago has some information that will carry through, there's continuing to be new information. Mm -hmm. And I think the important thing is not necessarily, because nobody could know everything about every single topic. I think the important thing is to understand how to read new information, how to understand what you're reading and how to be more skeptical, whatever the information is, whether it's a new diet, a new exercise, mm. a new, you know, here's the answer. Um, you know, how do you understand <laughs> that if you read it in an, a newspaper, if you hear it on a radio, if you hear it in a podcast, how do mm. you know? So I mm. think, you know, that's really what I like to sort of teach people how to understand that.
0: Yeah, I love this. So um, let, let's talk about the, the carnivore diet. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but <laughs> I, I would I would think so. So um, yeah, there are a lot of people on social media that are only eating meat right now, and that they're like big proponents of this carnivore diet and Mm -hmm. not eating vegetables, not eating fruits, and so on and so forth. So um, could you please uh, give us your opinion on that?
1: (laughs) So that's one extreme. Some people, I think, is that
0: like what we
1: would call the
2: paleo diet? Is it very
0: kind of yeah, yeah. It's it's similar to that, but but but. Taking a bit further, like more extreme, Just, yeah, and then very, very popular, like a few very popular people with millions of followers are uh, big proponents of this diet, so.
1: Right. So I think, you know, the benefits of that is it's almost, it's something, it's similar to what we would call the keto diet also. Mm-hmm. So the keto diet is very popular and it's, it's high protein, um, actually pretty high fat too, but very mm-hmm. low carbohydrate, almost no fruits vegetables, certainly no sugar, no bread, um, pasta, anything like that. And what happens when you do that? And if it's meat only or red meat only, does that, is it, do you mean it's just red meat or do they also eat
0: meat from different sources, but, but only meat, only Only eating meat. Two, but 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 people are loving it, so oh, well, sure um, they're, 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 by the way, th- those people are saying that, oh, it's curing my depression, it's mm-hmm. curing their suicidal thoughts and mm-hmm. curing immune disease and, uh, or disorders and this and that. So Correct. people believe um, this diet is fixing like one million different things. so
2: yeah. yeah.
1: So it's so here's what it does to the body. Um, When you're eating very, very high protein and very low anything else, or even high protein with high fat, your body goes into what's called ketosis, which is a physiologic state that um, enables you to burn. Your your liver starts working differently. Your kidney starts working differently. And you actually um, lose a lot of weight very quickly with a diet like that. Even if you're eating high fat meat, um, you know, steak, beef, uh, pork, anything like that, you can actually lose a fair amount of weight very quickly. And obviously if you're into building muscle, it's very high protein. So it will build muscle. You'll have high energy. Um, and you'll probably have a lot less hunger because protein lasts a lot longer as far as your metabolism than something like sugar or bread or something like that, or even some fruits and vegetables. So, um, you'll probably feel pretty good. Um, and there, and the other thing, as you said, you know, it's curing your depression. It's curing, you know, mood disorders, sleep disorders. Um, if you go, people are a-
0: saying that, I don't know the facts, um,
1: which is great, because I think if you go into any sort of lifestyle behavior, hmm. knowing or hoping that it's going to do something to your body, um the, and and the, you know, we talk about the placebo effect as, you know, something that, oh, it's just fake, it's mind over matter, but it's actually a real thing that can really Mm. change your physical state, your physiologic state, your emotional state, your brain state. So in that way, it's really good. And if you're doing something that's good for your brain and your body and your mood, and it's helping, then I think by all means, continue to do it. couple things to know when you do any sort of extreme diet, whether it's all vegetable, all meat, all fat, all sugar, whatever you're doing, you are missing out on Mm. some of the other aspects of a balanced diet.
2: Mm. So the
1: the most important thing that you get from fruit is not vitamins or sugar, it's the fiber. So fiber is really important for our diet. A high fiber diet will lower your risk of very important things like colon cancer. So those are real issues. Um, And you're getting almost no fiber in an all meat diet. So you're losing out on that. Um, Vegetables also. One of the most important things you get from vegetables is fiber. So you're losing out on all of that. Plus all the vitamins that are naturally occurring in fruits and vegetables. I am a big proponent of a well-balanced diet. I know it sounds very trite, and it's not exciting. But we are built as humans. I think we are built to be omnivores, and people will dispute that. And I think, you know, a little bit of meat, a little bit of protein. But but
0: I think you can't dispute the facts, can't you? Like we've been eating meat for like millions of years, probably. So uh, I think there's no reason to dispute that. So I think people who who are saying that we shouldn't be eating meat, I think it like, come on. Well,
1: that's, you know, I think nowadays in this industrialized society, there are a lot of, you know, then we start talking about the ecosystem and climate change Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, meat in the 21st century, you know, processing and eating and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the development that goes on is different from meat, you know, millions of years ago when people were out, you know, hunter gatherers, totally. and you know, <laughs> taking their arrows and, and you know, killing a <laughs> cow. Um, so I think now, I think for the most part, people who are not eating meat do so for a lot of environmental reasons, which is different
0: from, mm. You know, but house. but a lot of people are also saying it for, for that meat is bad for health reasons. A lot of people. So right. But, but, but please continue and, and please speak to that as well. So.
1: Yeah. So I think you know meat. Certainly, a lot of the processed meats are not good for your health and by processed meat we're talking about deli meat um, meat that tastes really good because there's a lot of added uh flavoring and and you know the smoking that they do you know the smoking process of the meat um, that's why it tastes so good Um, and you know the studies have been flipping and flopping on the benefits and risks of eating a lot of meat a recent study said that actually uh you know the meat diet is not that bad and it was a huge study that came out in one of the largest journals in the world, the Annals of Internal Medicine, which is one of the biggest journals worldwide. And it said that actually there's no evidence that meat or, you know, high processed meat are, is bad for your health. Mm-hmm. The problem with that study, and this wasn't really recognized until after the study was published, is that it was partially funded by the meat industry.
2: Mm. So
1: there was, it was an <laughs> academic study. And you know, small companies like McDonald's were supporting this research mm. group. So there goes the con- there is the conflict right there. So, yeah. you know, certainly a little bit of conflict of interest. So those studies are really difficult um, and they're very enticing. Um, I think that, you know, having too much meat in your diet can certainly cause some problems. Uh, again, you know, could you
0: could you give us like like a baseline, for instance, like um, what do you consider like to, to be too much meat in a diet?
1: Like an all meat diet?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. For, for 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 a healthy person who is right. eating for, like a, a yeah. regular diet. And,
1: you yeah. know, I think that, you know, again, when we talk about meat, we're including chicken, we're including fish. Right. We're including yep. all of the sort, any sort of animal. You know, some people talk about meat. They talk about mammals. And then, you know, talk about just like cow and sheep and, you know, and then some people include pork and chicken and and fish. And some people even put eggs in the same Mm. group as meat. So like a true, you know, vegan or vegetarian doesn't even have eggs or dairy. Uh, But we're talking about just animal meat. Um, I think, you know, once or twice a day is certainly reasonable for somebody who is a meat eater. And, you know, obviously, certainly in this country, we talk about portion size, um, you know, plates that are served at restaurants are, are plates that used to be served for a family of four. And now it's served for a person. Um, the, the portion sizes are enormous, you know, certainly, you know, out in the, you know, in the world of restaurants, uh, meat servings. Um, but when we talk about a serving of meat, that's the other thing. We're talking about four to six ounces, which is mm. pretty small, how much grams are um, that
0: for people here in Europe?
1: For that's probably about
2: um, two hundred grams 200 or
0: something.
1: Two hundred grams, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Or
1: less, yeah, less than two hundred grams, probably. Mm-hmm. So you know that's a small amount, and and you know that's not you know the double triple burger that you're getting or the huge you know steak um, that's basically like half a cow. So, or like a whole fish, you don't need to eat all of that. And, you know, the rest of your diet can be filled with other, other healthy things.
0: Mm, Got it. So I think um, there's a huge market for people that want to believe and are buying into those new fat diets, whether it's keto, it's the carnivore diet and all those different diets. So What would you tell somebody who's jumping from one diet to another?
1: Well, I think there's the answer right there. If you're jumping from one diet to another, um, you know, you're looking for that perfect answer. And most people who do these extreme diets, if you talk to somebody now that's a carnivore or keto or, um, you know, any sort of extreme diet, very few of them are long lasting. Yeah, you, you know, they, most they of
0: them work. last for a couple of weeks and then see ya.
1: <laughs> Even a couple of months up to a year. But then after that, it's really hard to sustain these diets. And for good reason, because your body is not going to be comfortable living like that. So I think if you're jumping from diet to diet, I think there's an answer right there you're not doing your body any service by doing that. I think that, you know, there's a lot of good in a lot of the diets that are out there and you can cherry pick and take mm. a little bit from each diet and make your own sort of lifestyle diet. That's, that's persistent and long lasting. I think if, you know, we talk about it in the, even the word diet has a negative connotation because it means that you're changing something in your life and something is wrong with the way you eat as opposed to just, here's what I like to eat. And here's what works for me. And, you know, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think if you choose not to eat meat for whatever reason, that's perfectly fine and perfectly good. But you do need to supplement your diet with other sources of protein. Uh, that, you know, if you're losing out, if you're not eating meat for whatever reason that you choose. Um, but in general, there, you know, I think if you're jumping from the keto or the gluten-free or the, you know, the, the no-carb, low-carb, whatever you want to call it.
0: Um, <laughs> Juice fast. <laughs>
1: you, oh, the worst. <laughs> Everybody needs to
0: Thank you so much right. for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: have in, We have amazing internal juicers and internal cleansers. That's how we're built. We don't need to buy them in a store. So um, you know, it's 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 trendy, it's fun, and it and it may and it put it gives people a sense of control if they are making these decisions about their diets, and they feel like they're doing something for good, and that's okay. But you know, there's a lot of damage done. But
2: also I think your th- wallet. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I mean it's
1: expensive. A lot of these diets.
0: <laughs> but I think those people have good intention. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, mm. and, I, and I think there's a lot of good to it, and it can help, and especially if you have a medical disorder, you know, if you're a diabetic, or on the verge of becoming a diabetic, um, you know, <laughs> you want to go on a low-carb diet, I think that's going to be good for your health, um, if you're a certain type of athlete, there's a certain type of diet that you'll need to do, you know, if you're a long-distance runner, you're going to eat differently than if you're a swimmer, or a rower, or somebody who sits on the couch, you know, or is at the mm. computer all? have it you have to sort of work with whatever your body
2: needs
0: yeah and i know for instance a couple of athletes who are also like utilizing something like the ketogenic diet for like two or three weeks to get in shape for a certain event and then they just go to back to their normal diet so um yeah yeah, so it's,
1: all those, all those are going to take a toll on the body, you know, if, especially mm-hmm. if you're an extreme athlete, you know, just the, ath, you know, athletics of in, in and of itself. Um, but you know, that's what athletes do. They, they do kind of play with their metabolism a little bit. It has to be safe.
0: Yeah. And, um, I've had uh, on my German podcast I've had one guy who's a very popular fitness one of the biggest or pop most popular fitness youtubers in Germany and he tried the, the uh, carnivore diet for four weeks and he said he was feeling amazing he had amazing results in the gym and was hitting personal records like all the time and he never felt so good in his life and um, the guy went to his doctor to, to get a blood uh, to get his blood work done and um, his doctor said to him like, Flavio, um, you need to change your diet like today, like your, your yeah. blood work looks terrible. Right. And um, I've I, I shared this, this story like a couple of times on the podcast already, but um, I think it's just worth mentioning because a lot of people think, oh, they're feeling amazing on their diet, mm-hmm. but um, their, their, their blood work still can be horrible. So
1: Right. And even stuff you don't see on a blood test. So for instance, if you're a high meat eater, it's going to mm-hmm. do a number on your arteries on your heart. And that's mm-hmm. not something you're necessarily going to see a month later. You may see that years later, not too many years later, but it, you know, t- takes a toll on,
0: that, on the health
1: health. Yeah. So it's going to really affect you negatively in ways you don't necessarily see.
0: Hmm. So could you please share also with our listeners your thoughts on exercising because, um, yeah, there are also so, so many experts yeah. on social right. media yeah. saying, um, different things about exercising and this is the way how it's done or and this is also the way how it's done so most of them can't agree on one thing so what what is your take on exercising and um, all this all those different things basically right
1: so so i think exercise is similar to diet and the best Mm -hmm. exercise is something that you're going to do long term you know Hmm. you, you know it's okay, you can exercise on this great plan for four weeks. And, you know, then what? It has to be sustaining. And I, feel, I think even more than diet, exercise is really, really going to be beneficial to you depending on your body type. So if you are, you know, a certain type of build and has a certain type of aerobic tolerance, you may want to do, you know, some more cardio stuff, you know, running or or playing basketball or, you know, any sort of, you know, swimming, things like that. If you're more into stretching and you want to do more yoga or Pilates or weightlifting, I think that, you know, ideally in the perfect world, everybody should have a little bit of both. You know, you should do a little bit of aerobic exercise. You should do a little bit of, you know, weight bearing and weightlifting, stretching exercises, you know, and the, hmm. people don't live in a perfect world though. So I think that
0: Unfortunately, I know
1: <laughs> almost perfect, right? <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I think that ideally exercise should shouldn't be an extreme, just like diet shouldn't be an extreme. Um, unless you are a professional athlete, um, you need to be careful because a lot of people, you know, can push it. And again, a lot of the tolls that it takes on your body, you don't necessarily see. So, for instance, mm-hmm. You know, I used to run marathons and, you know, I am a firm believer, having done three marathons that some people have built for marathons and some people are not. And I am not. Um,
2: How come? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I think that if you're going to do something so extreme and then you spend so much time recovering from it. Hmm. there's something to it there. You know, if you have so many aches and pains afterwards, um, you know, I think just some people have a lot easier time with it and you can, it doesn't mean you can't run a marathon if you're not built for marathons, but some people can run six marathons a year or 10 marathons a year. And some people can run a, a few in their lifetime or one in their lifetime just to do, you know, to have that experience. So You know, I think you have to listen to your body. And again, a lot of the things in a lot of these extreme sports, just like extreme diets, you don't necessarily see what it's going to do to your joints or your kidneys or your liver or your heart um, Mm. that, you know, you don't necessarily know. And, And it's also different when you're 20, 30, 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, what type of exercise you can do. And you know, for people who are getting older, what you want to ideally do is exercise that you'll be able to do when hmm. you're. You know, it's one thing to do something in your 20s or 30s. It's another thing to be able to do something regularly in your 50s, 60s, or 70s. And how are you gonna, you know, you have to start thinking about that in your 20s and 30s. If your body's gonna be beat up by the time you're 50, 60, 70. And you're not going to be able to do the things that you enjoy. Um, You sort of want to bank it a little bit and not Hmm. beat your body up so much when you feel like you can get away with it. And then years later, you
0: pay the price. Later yeah, you
1: do this. You know, you see so many of these, you know, former athletes. Um, I was
0: showed the problems. Yeah, <laughs> they've
1: surgeries and knees, and they're wearing and they're limping, and they can't do anything by the time they're forty or fifty, and they get really unhealthy, and they gain a lot of weight, and they look, you know, like you know, really sedentary. So, um, you know, a lot of that is, you know, you sort of building up when you're younger as far as, well, what do I want? I want to be able to do something, you know, 30 years from now. And most people don't think that. It's natural. Think about what you want to do now or this week or next month. But to think about what do I, you know, am I going to be able to go to the gym when I'm 67 Mm -hmm. or not? Because I'm going to be recovering from all of my, you know, aches and pains that I, you know, beat up my body in my 20s. So, you know, I think that's an important thing, especially for exercise to Mm. You pace
0: yourself. And I think what you mentioned at the start was so amazing that, for instance, I was just thinking about most people who get into the gym. They're like looking for the perfect uh, exercise plan, and yeah. they're like working out two hours a day and hitting it yeah. super, super hard. And you can see those people like uh, for for two weeks, and uh, oh, then they are God. suddenly gone.
1: <laughs>
0: it's usually right around New Year's.
1: Here, yeah. Here. You can't get in, and, like, January 1st to January 20th. No point. Yeah. All of
0: a sudden, <laughs> plenty of room in February. <laughs> yeah, and and I think it's so stupid because it, those people get burned out so, so quickly. And yeah. they have this huge misconception that if you want to look great, that you need to, to live in the gym. Like, it's... Yeah. Total bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, for instance, yeah. I've been exercising for nearly ten years now. Like, I've I've started like very very young, and um, I'm only working out like three times a week for forty minutes or something like that. Yeah. So, and
2: that's all um, you
0: need. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, I mean, you don't want to spend your time not exercising, recovering from your exercise.
0: You Hmm. you shouldn't
1: be feeling terrible afterwards and you shouldn't be, you know, having all these sort of minor, if, you know, if you are injured, that is really a sign that you're overdoing it, overuse overuse injuries are now, we're seeing them in little kids here. You know, we see eight, nine-year-olds with over injured, you know, overuse injuries. How
0: does that happen?
1: Because they, um, they are sort of, there's this pressure to find your sport very Hmm. young. And, you know, when you're sort of in middle school, you know, sort of the eight, nine to eight to 12 year olds, if you find your sport, that will lead you to college athletics, university Mm. athletics. And so, but it's really unhealthy for young kids to do say just baseball, just football, just soccer, Mm. uh, just running and name the sport because then they they are bound to get injuries and then they don't, Mm -hmm. and then they end up doing nothing by the time they're teenagers. So we're really trying to emphasize, diver, you know, diversifying athleticism, and we have to start really young because the hmm. kids are just injured now.
0: Yeah, and I think also what you mentioned at the start was also great. Um, that people should find the sport that they can um sustain long term because I think so. So many people are trying to get into the gym and lifting weights, and it's not for them. And I think they should do just something totally different yeah Yeah. and 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 so so many people are going to the gym and they think it's boring and then they do nothing and I think it's (laughs) like the wrong approach yeah Yeah, exactly that's what I'm trying to say so uh could you also please speak to that because I think it's such an important topic
1: yeah I mean there's so many things people can do now I mean you can Mm. you can go you know walking is a really good exercise if you don't you know people don't realize how little they walk, and how much they can walk, and, you know, even these little things that people do during the day, for instance, you know, and, and you can just say this, and it sounds like it doesn't matter, but it really does, you know, it take adds up. yeah, take the stairs, not the elevator, um, you know, I, my office is on the fifth floor, and never take the elevator, um, you know, just little things like that, and, you know, part of it is just, I, you know, I like to walk, and, you know, it's it just, it's nice to be, you know, sort of in a little bit more space. But, um, you know, things like that take the stairs. Don't park if you're going shopping. You don't have to find the closest parking spot. Find one a little bit for, you know, an extra 10 or 20 meters or 50 meters can make a big difference, um, you know, on a day to day basis. And, you know, walking does count as exercise. Um, so I think that's a really good thing. And then there's so many options now, you know, whether it's a class that you take or some people say, listen, I don't have time to go to a class. I'm busy. I have family. I don't have time. So, you know, we have our phones, we have our computers, there are classes online now that are so accessible and free and, um, and interesting and fun. And you can do these classes, whether it's on YouTube or any other sort of website. And if you do, if you find one you like. And you do it on a regular basis, you know, there's your exercise. And I think, as you said, people think that it takes two hours a day, seven days (laughs) a week. No, it really doesn't. It's you know, twenty to forty minutes, a few days a week, doing it on a regular basis is much better than sort of pounding it, pounding the pavement, Mm. and then (laughs)
2: crashing
1: a couple weeks later. So it's, you know, it's just like diet, you know, we're hopefully all in this for the longer haul. And, you know, you look at somebody in a magazine or on a, you know, a social media and you say, I want that. I want to look like that person. I want to be like that person. Um, You know, it doesn't necessarily work that way. It doesn't work that way.
0: And I think this this is the secret to life in general, taking the long view instead of like trying all those thirty day challenges to look yeah. amazing and this right. and that. So <laughs> nothing takes thirty days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um there's also a lot of chatter about supplements on social media. So um <laughs> please please share your thoughts with on, on supplements and the supplement industry yeah, with us. So
1: this- the supplement industry is brilliant. It's a multi-billion dollar mm. industry. They're making
0: a lot of money, aren't they? A <laughs> lot. That's
1: not going anywhere. So
0: supplements could
1: be anything from a multivitamin to, mm. um, you know, mega dosing to, you know, these these ingredients you didn't even know you needed in your diet. <laughs> Um, to things that are going to be added to make you a better human somehow. Mm. Um, so supplements is you know cover a huge range. obviously certainly in the United States and I think all over the world it's becoming you know booming booming. in
0: Germany too.
1: Huge, huge. Mm. So you know what are they? So for instance so the basic supplement, very, very bare bones basic, which I think probably something like 60 to 70 percent of adults take is a multivitamin basic thing. Um, and if you take a multivitamin, you or anybody takes one because you feel like it's going to make you feel better and it's going to make you healthy, then take it. It's very harmless. There's nothing in it that's going to be bad for you. Most of it just goes through your system because most of it you get in your diet anyway. And for the most part, vitamins or any sort of minerals that you're taking in addition to what your body needs, just get, go through expensive pee. just goes out. Um, so, so there's really no need for it, but there's no harm for it. Um, the second most common supplement in the world is vitamin C. That's really common because people think that that's going to prevent colds. It's going to make your colds get better faster. It's going to prevent the flu. And it's the same sort of thing. If you think that it probably will help a little bit, but there's really no scientific basis for that. Um, than it does anything. There are other uses for vitamin C, high dose vitamin C given intravenously um, is in cancer trials. And that's real. And also there was a study looking at high dose intravenous vitamin C for something called sepsis, you know, a severe bacterial infection. Other than that, going to these supplement centers where you can get these infusions of vitamins and minerals it's you know that's a that's a lot a little bit of nonsense a lot of
2: nonsense Mm. i'll say yeah (laughs) you
0: You don't have to be political uh, politically correct here on my show (laughs) so so
1: supplements i think that you know those are sort of the basics and then we get to the more advanced ones that Mm -hmm. people are taking not just the vitamins and minerals that are in multivitamins just but just for a mega dose but also any sort of, uh, you know, part of you know, not steroids, but things like that that are very, very sort of strong that will supposedly build muscle or may give you brain power or help with your memory. Um, you know, there are a lot of supplements that are claiming that, and for the most part, there's really no evidence that any of those do anything. And you know, the problem is people think like, well, if I take one, it's good. If I take two, it's better. If I take mm. 10, it's much better. Um, and no,
0: it's fair. super healthy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it doesn't work that way. Um, mm. So, you know, for the most part, a lot of them will just literally go through your system. And so that's mm. fine. Um, but sometimes, you know, they can cause some liver problems and heart problems and kidney problems. Um, just, you know, you can't, more is not necessarily better, especially when it mm. comes to something. And, you know, again, back to the balanced diet. If you're eating a relatively balanced diet and it doesn't have to be perfect every day, just in the long term, a relatively balanced diet, you're getting everything you need. You're not missing
0: it. Mm. We eat too much. (laughs) <laughs> so, so obviously, I'm no doctor or expert or this and that. But um, for instance, I'm not taking any supplements whatsoever because uh, my reasoning is that um, our health series on so so many different things changed over the years multiple times. So. I think that so so many theories we have on the current supplements that are very popular are likely going to change in the future, in five years, in ten years, in twenty yeah. years. So I try to do no harm to my body um, by taking those supplements. So that's my reasoning. Yeah,
1: no, that's great, and you're getting mm. everything you need.
0: I'm um, just eating a healthy diet, a trying diet. to eat different yeah. fruits, trying to eating, trying to eat different vegetables, and yeah. yeah.
1: And that's how you do it. And the supplement, you know, again, people think that, you know, more is better. Extreme is better. Um, they're Mm -hmm. on the short run to find, you know, sort of the answer to the better health. And a lot of people really genuinely feel that, Oh, if I take this particular supplement, I have more energy or, Mm you know, I'm more focused or my muscles are getting bigger. And for the most part, the supplements are pretty harmless. And you know it, it's expensive. Uh, so if you're willing to pay for that, and if you're willing to pay for feeling better, um, even if it's there's no actual physiology to it, um, it's fine to some degree. I think that there, you know, there is something to the placebo effect when it comes to that. And you know, the interesting thing I keep coming back to this placebo effect is that now studies are showing. That even if somebody knows they're taking something and it's a placebo, meaning just like a fake pill or a sugar pill, even if they know it, it can still make them feel better and it can still have the same effect as a real medicine. So there is something to it. And again, <laughs> if it's if it's done with harm, you know, that we're not doing any damage and real damage mm. to your body, then then it's fine.
0: So it's really um <laughs> Nina, could you please share with our listeners, what are a couple of other questions um, that you usually get asked or that fascinate you the most at the moment?
1: I think, you know, one of the hot button issues, and I think in this country and in your country and in most countries is vaccines. I Mm. think that, you know, the laws are changing. The understanding is changing. The concerns are changing. And we're starting to see the diseases That we didn't see when we were kids and when, you know, our parents were kids, they saw these diseases or grandparents were kids and now we're seeing them come back and you know the the vaccine you know it's become like the vaccine wars almost is you know us against them and anti-vax versus pro-vax
0: and-, and by the way i think this this goes for the whole fitness industry like it's like uh if you are talking about religion or politics nowadays like pe- right. pe- people are so offended when you are about the diet like oh you are meeting meat, and if you're wow. talking to yeah. it and it's it's crazy i think exactly. nowadays yeah yeah you yeah. can't t- say anything anymore yeah. Shamir like people yeah. go yeah. crazy nowadays i so. think
1: politics <laughs> and religion are less volatile than, than <laughs> diet and exercise and vaccines
0: <laughs> probably Not politics no no yeah. <laughs> wow. please Yeah. Yeah, So
1: I think that, you know, I get a lot of questions about vaccine safety and, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, again, back at, you know, Los Angeles is really the hub of Mm. vaccine resistance and Hollywood. I think a lot of it has to do with Hollywood Mm -hmm. and uh, because a lot of um, Hollywood stars, you know, celebrities have very large platforms and they can use those platforms for good or for bad. And a lot of them use them to talk about health issues. You know, if you think about diets, a lot of them have a celebrity name attached to it or an exercise machine or plan is attached to a celebrity. And so when a celebrity gets in front of a camera and says something good or bad about a health issue, uh, people are gonna listen. And. Mm-hmm they have, you know, if they have 11 million followers as opposed to 11 followers, um, you know, there's yeah. the platform right there. Sure. So you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, people associate Hollywood with extremes and craziness and, and you know, poor health. But I think they also look at the, the celebrities as words of wisdom.
0: For some reason, I think they're yeah. definitely not worth, yeah. uh, like like people shouldn't have like Hollywood stars as their role models. Probably. I don't know. So I think, they they, they really I think it's I think crazy. Companies. I mean, right. Like, you just, just to... because somebody is a like a movie star doesn't make them wise, I I would say. But um, hardly. hardly, hardly yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, thank uh, you. But
1: people believe them. So, you know, I think Great. it starts here. And I think also um, there's a notion of control. Like I want to make decisions for my family and, you know, the, the health decisions are ours. And, you know, it's a personal decision. And, you know, the notion of public health sort of falls by the wayside um, in these very privileged pockets of Of the world where you know i don't want this for my family i don't want my family to eat meat or i only want my family to eat meat Mm. um and then it sort of expands to health in general and then especially when it comes to vaccines where people are so worried about you know vaccine reactions that they say i don't want my children to be exposed Mm. to those toxins they like to use that word toxins 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 is it made
0: up or is it the real thing
1: So, you know, toxin is a little bit of a made up thing because everything (laughs) is, you know, the the poison is in the dose, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have a little bit of, you know, a a supplement, for instance, it could be toxic in high doses. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they there are, you know, they use and the other word they use is chemicals. Well, everything is made up of chemicals and everything is made up of ingredients. And then they use the word synthetic. So, throwing the synthetic toxic chemicals in there, why would you want to have your body exposed to that? Um, whereas we are exposed to so many synthetic
0: and chemicals. And people probably are going to McDonald's um, for, for, right. <laughs> for lunch and <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. eating alcohol, smoking pot. and <laughs> But yeah, please but continue. Smoking pot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so so
1: vaccines become this sort of negative thing where it's toxic and it's, you know, it's unhealthy and they don't realize how much they're exposed to on a regular basis and what they're putting not only their families at risk, but everyone around them at risk. And that's become this huge uh, hot button issue here. I know it's a big issue in Europe because there have been all these outbreaks and measles is a big thing now in, in parts of Europe and big thing here. Uh, all over the united states so you know these are diseases that we didn't see years ago
0: and and what's the truth to the topic because uh, to be honest i haven't looked into it so uh yeah give give us the truth about it like what does the day and share your opinion with us
1: so vaccines are safe and vaccines are really Hmm. important and you know the the I think the main thing that people dispute is the vaccine schedule. And they will say that there are too many vaccines too soon um, in a baby's life. So in the first year or two of life, they get so many vaccines and that's too hard on their immune system. And you know, there are a couple explanations to that. One is that we have vaccines that we didn't have 10, 20, 30 years ago. And this is a good thing because now we don't see those illnesses anymore. Mm. That's one of the reasons why there are more vaccines. Another reason that there are more vaccines is that vaccines individually are much safer than they used to be, which is why you have to get more of them. So we have booster shots. So for instance, one vaccine, you may get give to a two-month-old, a four-month-old, a six-month-old, and a nine-month-old. And you used to only give it once or twice, and now you have to give it four times because it's a much lower dose and it's much safer than it used to be. So that's another reason why there's so many vaccines. So you know I think people get caught up in these numbers and there, there is a schedule for a reason, and that is to sort of as a population protect everybody. And we Mm -hmm. talk about something called herd immunity, and that is basically the more people in a community, whether it's a school or a town or a city, the more numbers of people that are protected, the more that protects everybody, even the people Mm -hmm. who can't get shots for whatever reason. And the only reason that you can't get a shot should really be a documented medical indication not being able to get a shot. For instance, if you have cancer and you're getting chemotherapy, Mm. if you have an immune disorder, if you have a severe allergy, if there's really evidence that the vaccines can cause some harm, then Mm. you shouldn't get them. But the problem is so many people are saying, I don't want to take the risk. I don't want my family to take the risk. They may have a reaction. And that's why we're seeing all of these outbreaks of these illnesses.
0: Mm. And it's just like, the clear thing or is there maybe some truth to the other side of so, the argument? I, you,
1: know, there, you know, the other side of the argument is that vaccines can cause harm. And mm. as with any medication and because vaccines are given worldwide, so to millions and millions of people, um, there are some severe reactions that people can get from vaccines. You know, most commonly fevers or a rash or, you know, a little swelling at the vaccine site. Um, feeling kind of achy and like a flu-like illness afterwards those are the very common reactions and some people consider those mild some people would even consider a fever afterwards a severe reaction much less commonly people can get seizures or other sorts of severe reactions um, brain injuries things like that but those things happen then though then what's that
0: I didn't know that said uh, brain injuries happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can have an infection, and you know, you mm. know, progressive seizures, but those are so exceedingly rare. We're talking about one in tens of millions of people ah, okay. that have mm. such severe reactions. Anything can happen from anything, um, mm. but you know, the vaccine-related severe reactions, such as a brain problem or you know, systemic, you know, full-body problem, are so exceedingly rare that the benefits of them so far outweigh those kinds of risks that you know they're not zero but you know it's Hmm. pretty close when you think about all of the millions and millions and tens and hundreds of millions of shots that are given and that these extremely rare events happen um you know it's really unfounded and i think a lot of childhood illnesses or childhood developmental illnesses Or conditions occur around the same time that they're getting all of these vaccines so people oftentimes link one thing to another so it must be the vaccine that
2: caused Mm. this problem
1: when it's really what we call true true and unrelated they happened around the same time but one didn't necessarily cause the other
0: Mm. so um Nina, at the end, I always ask every guest on mine five questions, but um, before I ask those five questions, could you please um give us your best advice on all those different things that we've talked about today on anything you maybe want to highlight now or you want to mention that people might sure think about? And yeah, please. That, so, so,
1: you know, I think one thing to think about, and again, this sounds very trite and people say, oh, you know that doesn't really say anything, but if you really think about it, it does. And that is that everything should be in moderation. So
2: Mm.
1: whether it's your diet, your exercise, your, um, you know, lifestyle, your work habits, uh, you know, supplements, if you must, um, (laughs) everything should really be for the long haul. If you're doing any sort of extreme anything, you can do it, but you need to understand that it's not going to be sustaining. That hmm. you, know, you need to do a 30 day something because you are a professional or semi-professional athlete and have a competition coming up. You can do that. You may do some harm to your body. But, you know, if you do that for your for a very specific reason, that's one thing. But if you're going to do something to think that I'm going to be a different kind of person if I do this kind of diet, it's not going to last. We have to accept that. It's just, we, it's, just it's not going to work. So, or it's not going to last at least. It may work for the short term, but we're really in it for the long term. So I mm-hmm. think that's important. Another thing I think just in general is that because we are so bombarded and doctors included with new information about our health, meat is good for you. Meat is bad for you. It's really flip-flopped.
2: And yeah. it doesn't mean
1: that this is bad information, I think, but when you hear something new, especially if it's so extreme you need to step back a little bit and learn mm. a little bit more about it and dig a little bit deeper because we can all be skeptical. We can all learn how to decipher new information, especially when it comes to our health. And just whenever you hear something, if anything is groundbreaking or awesome or amazing or never. So 10
0: before, steps for perfect health. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing is going to be, take a step back. And and just let it sit for a while because you're going to hear the other other answer, uh, you know, within a few weeks. So I think, you know, that's my advice. Don't believe everything you hear.
0: (laughs) Mm, I think this advice is like uh, perfect. So could you please share with our listeners um, where can they work with you, buy your book, uh, connect with you on the social web and so on and so forth?
1: Oh, sure. So I am on uh, Twitter. At Dr. Nina Shapiro. So that's D R Nina Shapiro. One word, Dr. Nina Shapiro. I'm on Instagram, same at Dr. Nina Shapiro. Um I have a Facebook page for my book. Again, this is my book. It's called Hype.
0: Yep. Hype. Got Hype. it. Perfect. <laughs> um
1: you can get that at any um bookstore, Amazon. Um, it's uh it, Barnes and Noble, any independent bookstore. It's uh, it was translated in Portuguese, mm. or so maybe it'll be in German one day, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> and we're working on that. And um, it's in a few other languages in Asia as well, in Taiwan and Vietnam. And uh, so that's where you can connect with me. I have a Facebook page for the book. It's also Dr. Nina Shapiro. Mm. And I have a website, which is DrNinaShapiro.com.
0: Got it. So, uh, Nina. The first question is, what are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life?
1: My life. I mean, that goes way back. (laughs) I I love to read. And of course, you know, what comes to mind are more of the.
0: Oh, man, you have so many books in the background already. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't seen them. Yeah. Um,
1: So one of the books I really enjoyed was um, Henrietta Lacks. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you know that book. It's a book about a woman um, at Johns Hopkins in uh, sort of the mid 20th century who had a type of cancer and the doctors uh, harvested her cancer cells. And um, those cells are alive today now, close to 100 years later. And it was um, they are. Yeah, they're called the HeLa cells, H-E-L-A, after Henrietta Lacks. And, you know, this really brought up and back then nobody really understood issues of um, ethics of taking people's body parts and using them for research. And so this really brought up the issue of ethics in medicine and surgery. Um, so that was a really interesting book, but it's written really as um, as a biography, not as a yeah. medical book. Um, so I think it's a really important uh, book to read. Um, another um, lovely book was called A Man Called O. OVE. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Swedish book, um, also really um, amazing and, you know, very touching and really sort of like a love story, but, he, you know, it's a love story with his wife who is no longer with us, so it was kind of an interesting take on, on a love story. Um, and the other series that I loved, um, and this is sort of, you know, how, you know, some of the things I like about books is that it's completely different from my regular life is all the, yeah. um, the, girl, the girl with the dragon tattoo
0: books. Mm, <laughs> I don't know very about that series is. Very I haven't read it, but but very popular book. Yeah,
1: Yeah, really good Pop series. Theories. And now, you know, it's a little bit controversial because the series is continuing under a different author because the author passed away after, I think, book number five. So the yeah, oh, the,
0: how old was she? He was
1: he was,
0: uh, okay, he was okay. not
1: too old, but, you know, he died yeah. suddenly um, before his final the book he was working on uh, was mm-hmm. finished. Um, so, you know, but the, but the series is actually continuing. Uh, so that's been kind of interesting. Yeah.
0: Got it. So, um, the second question is what are the three, uh, movies that you have enjoyed the most?
1: Um, so one of my all-time favorites is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, mm. which, uh, was filmed not too far from you, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, In Europe. Uh, in Europe. Yeah, I think in I think it was in Germany.
2: And Didn't know that. Uh,
1: yeah, it was filmed, I think, on location. And, you know, it was back in the 70s that it was filmed. And it's just one of those timeless stories of um, goodness. And, you know, sort of, you know, it's all this badness in the world. And it's sort of like this kernel of goodness um, at, you know, throughout the movie. And, you know, it, it's very sweet. And also, you know, even though I talk about all these healthy diets, I have an incredible sweet tooth. And it's this movie just like filled with candy in every scene. So
2: it's, <laughs>
1: it's very indulgent uh, to watch that. So that's, cool. that's one of them. Um, another movie that I saw very recently, uh, which really, really uh, had an impact was a, a movie called Book Smart. I don't know if it's made it, made it across uh, Europe yet, but it's, it's sort of a, you know, it could really apply anywhere. And it's a story of these two girls graduating from high school and throughout their high school careers they did everything right you know they were the good kids they studied hard they didn't go out and party um they were really really good and you know they said well you see it all paid off because we're going to these great colleges and we're going to have great careers and then they sort of realized that everybody else had a great time but are also going to good colleges and having great careers so they really feel it's 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 hilarious it's the writing is amazing um it's it's really entertaining and it sort of touches on um, you know, it's youth now because it takes place, mm. you know, current day, 17 year olds, but it really applies to any of us who've gone through, you know, high school and sort of moving on in life. Uh, you know, so that was a lot of fun.
0: A third one that comes to mind? third me? movie. Third <laughs> movie.
1: Um, gosh, there's so many movies that I've seen and loved. Uh, the movie Love Actually, another mm. sort of, you know, that was a year, you know, filmed in, uh in London. Um, And that's also one of these uh, very clever movies, the way they sort of intertwine all of these stories that come together um, at the end. And, you know, it's very quirky, it's very kitschy, but um, it's it's a really fun movie. Well done.
0: Got it. So uh, the third question is, um, what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? Most wow. useful product so like or service.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people um, mentioned the headphones. People uh, mentioned headphones. Uber Eats, Amazon Prime. So oh, no. <laughs> mention what, yeah. whatever you want to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's a great. You know, I'm not a real tech kind of person, as you mm-hmm. can see. It took us a little while to get, to get <laughs> the quality of the of the podcast going. um but you know, I think you know I have some apps that I like. You know, Skype, for instance. I didn't have Skype um, until recently. I didn't have these headphones until recently. So you know, real what simple kind things. of headphones
0: are they? Well, like I, what? Which brand they do
1: wireless? You... I forgot even the name of them. Oh. These were a gift from a good friend. Oh. Um, but they worked. They were. They took about. I, you know, I had my 12 year old help me, and um, they took about four seconds to figure out how to use. So that kind of technology mm-hmm. is the kind of.
0: thing <laughs> simple step. got it so um the fourth question is um what are the most important realizations you've had in the last couple of years and we had some guests who shared something deeply personal <laughs> about oh. their relationships family career uh, travel time so speak to anything you're sharing with us today yeah, most important I mean, I- realizations I think,
1: you know, something that I've realized, you know, I've been in in one job for the last 22. Actually, last week was my 22 year anniversary at my position in the hospital. And so, you know, oftentimes people say, well, how much longer are you going to do that? And, you know, are you ready to move on or retire or do something else? And um, a few weeks ago I was on, you know, we have jury duty here. And the way we do it is you're on call. So you don't Mm. necessarily have to go, but you have to be available. So that meant that I couldn't schedule my usual patients and surgeries. And so I just sort of wandered around that week feeling a little bit lost. And it made me realize, and I know this seems simple, it made me realize I am not ready to stop doing what I'm doing. I really missed it. I felt very uncomfortable. I felt a little bit, you know, sort of distressed. So I think that was a a realization that, you know, just as I talk about all these other things, that it's really good to look at things for the long haul if you can. It doesn't mean you shouldn't change, but that, you know, you want to find something in your life that's sustaining and, you know, work it into the rest of your life. So if it's your work and it's overtaking your family, then that's not the right position for you. And that, you know, balance is really important. And, you know, if you do have a family, which I do, you want to make sure you have time for everybody. And that includes yourself. So Mm. good to have time for yourself. And that's not selfish um, to have, you know, your time, whatever you want to do with your free time, it has to be something, you know, that's, that's really just for you. And that's okay. And I think a lot of people struggle with that and feel guilty about that. Um, But, you know, to sort of give yourself a break a little bit.
0: So, um, the last question for the day is, uh, what would you tell your 20-year-old self?
1: I can't wait to turn 20. Um, (laughs) um, So, what I would tell my, thinking back to when I was 20, wow, I was really young. um, I would tell myself that, you know, it's okay to not be on a super straight treadmill path I think that you know a lot of kids um, when I was 20 and 20 year olds that I know feel like I have to know exactly what mm-hmm. I'm gonna do and it's too late and I can't change and you know you think and they think they're so old and I felt so old at 20 that I have to know exactly where I'm going with my life and I think looking back now I would say, it's okay to have these little curves, and it's okay to, you know, and the curves can be big curves, and they can last a few years, um, as opposed to feeling that pressure to just sort of stay the course and and this is who you are, and you have to be mm. what you think you are when you're 20. I think that you know, 20 is is still quite young.
0: So, <laughs> God, <it. laughs> give yourself so... a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nina. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your story, sharing your advice and yeah, joining the show today. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Have a good day. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: You too. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please rate, review and subscribe. Also, make sure to share the podcast and tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out.